The Bible reading this morning is from Luke, um, reading verses 8 to 15. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Amen. Hi, it's lovely to uh, be here this morning. My name's Sharon. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Sharon Bavington. I'm part of the team, the clergy team at Fountains Church in Bradford, which St. Margaret's is part of the network for. And it's lovely to be here this morning. You're going to have to forgive me a little bit. There's always quite a bit of pressure preaching at Christmas. And uh, it's like, do you... Is there anything new to say that people haven't heard before? And uh, Vicar Twitter this week was just saying, don't try and do anything new, just preach the gospel, which is great advice. And uh, I was just telling Matt that I'd sort of half prepared earlier in the week a bit of a children's talk, thinking the children were in. Then I got the order of service, which said that the children were going out. So I scrapped the children's talk, saved it for another year, and wrote a normal talk. And now I'm here, and the children are in. So who knows what's going to happen, but we'll be fine. And as long as we hear the good news of Jesus this Christmas, then that's all that matters. So let's pray. Should we just pray together? Loving Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift that is Christmas. It's time for us to gather together and to celebrate the birth of Jesus. Lord, would you speak to us now by your Holy Spirit that we would know you and love you more and leave this place changed, just not the same because of everything that we've heard and sung and prayed and worshipped by today. Amen. Amen. So we're going to talk a little bit about the word incarnation, which is quite a big word. It's not one that we use in our regular vocabulary. Anybody use the word incarnation in their regular conversations this week? Not one that we come across much, is it? But we hear it quite a lot in the Christmas story. And I was thinking about um, how do we explain or think about what this strange word incarnation means that we hear a lot at Christmas. And I was thinking about one of our mission apprentices at Fountains. Has anybody met Dotson, the mission apprentice from Fountains? Dotson's from Nigeria. He's really great. One of the most laid back but lovely godly men that I've ever met. Now, Dotson, he's probably been here over a year now, but his mission really, uh, apart from being a mission apprentice at Fountains and to tell people about Jesus, is to embrace all things British. 
So uh, we did alpha, and we have a meal at alpha, and we'd go to the tables and say, this is what's on offer today. You know, there's sausages and mash and Yorkshire pudding and, you know, what would you like? And Dotson would just go, everything. He just wanted to try, you know, he hadn't got a clue what Yorkshire puddings were, but they were on his plate. Came round to my house, we had a meal. I was like, I've done lasagna. There was a big group of us, do you want veggie or, or meat? And he just goes, yes. So he gets everything, veggie or meat. Dotson embraces all British food. And this week he came into work and he got one of those Vic things up his nose. I was like, Dotson, are you poorly? He was like, I don't know that word. <laughs> Am I what? I went, you're you're poorly. He was like, spell it. So so it's P-O-O-R-L-Y. It means you're sick. You feel anybody? We all say poorly, don't we? Is this a very northern thing? I don't know. Or a British thing? So he then spent the rest of the day going around saying to people, I'm poorly. I'm poorly. (laughs) So he was like, I've learned a new word and I'm poorly. And uh, he's great. But so Dotson, he just believes that if he's living here in this country then he's going to embrace all things British. He's choosing to totally enter into our strange way of being with our British culture. He's entering into our world totally intentionally. I thought this is just a lovely little picture of what we believe God does at Christmas in sending Jesus. It just helps us a little bit to understand this complete, absolute craziness of talking about this thing we call the incarnation of God entering our world in Jesus. And we sing about it a lot in carols. Kath's already said in a little town of Bethlehem, and particularly that one, we're not singing it today. Oh, come all ye faithful. Do you know that line that says, veiled in flesh? Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. Hail the incarnate deity. And we know these words off by heart. We just sing them without almost really thinking about what the meaning is behind that. And the concept of an incarnate deity, of God veiled in flesh. And for those of us that believe, that's mind-blowing. But perhaps for those that don't believe, it's completely absurd and crazy. Frankly, just absurd. So I guess the challenge is, we've gone through Advent, we've done this period of waiting and hoping, And we're here at the brink of Christmas on Christmas Eve. Christmas tomorrow. Yeah. Christmas tomorrow. It's the day when, yes, we get presents and we eat great food. But we encounter God in Jesus as this baby. The baby's not here yet. The baby we celebrate tomorrow. But do you really believe this? This baby that we're waiting for that arrives and we celebrate tomorrow. Do you really believe that? That is God veiled in flesh. Now, some of you might know the message translation of John 1.14 that says, um, the word became flesh and blood 
and moved into the neighborhood. Because that is what tomorrow asks of us. You might think, well, why did she choose this passage from Luke about the shepherds? (laughs) But the shepherds, for me, encapsulate the decision that is before each one of us as we stand on the brink of Christmas Day. God sends his messengers, sends a message, an amazing message, to really ordinary people. Shepherds on the hillside. And it freaks them out a bit. He says to them, don't be afraid. And the message is both historical and personal. And that's really important if we're going to believe this message of God being veiled in flesh. It was really important for the people of Israel, for the shepherds, for us, to root this story in historical reality. But it also says, verse 11 is one of my favorite verses in the Bible, says, today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. It's personal, rooted in history. This Savior, this Messiah that you've been waiting for is going to be born in Bethlehem. And we know Bethlehem was a big town in the whole messianic promise. But it's personal in that it's happened now, today in their town. And the Savior has been born, not just a Savior born, but a Savior born to you. It's historical and personal, both super important if we're going to believe that this is the truth. And then the shepherds have got a decision to make. So... They could stay on the hillside. I don't know how you'd feel if like thousands of angels had appeared and were singing glory to God in the highest and one of them, probably quite scary, had spoken to you and the glory of God was shining all around. You could be completely distracted by the spectacle and stay on the hillside. But the shepherds, they hear the message and they receive the message, this offer of salvation, and they make a decision, they make a choice to go and find out for themselves if it's true. It says, the angels said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. They make the decision to go and find out for themselves if what they've been told was true. So here we are. You can do another cheer if you want. It's Christmas Eve. Christmas is coming tomorrow. So imagine this is your hillside moment. This is your hillside moment. The message has been given. Although I recognize that I'm no angel. But the message has been given. Can we make a decision? At Christmas, are you going to stay distracted by the spectacle of the Christmas tree and the lights and the beautiful church and the presents? Or are you going to be captivated by the message? Are we ready to come and see the incarnate deity, God with flesh on?
God as flesh and blood. Because God wants to draw so near to you that he has completely entered our world and entered our experience. Christmas is the ultimate invitation from God that says, come, come and see. You'll find a baby. Come and look at the lengths that I will go to to be so near to you, to love you, to save you, to offer you a rescue. You know, for for Dotson, embracing everything that's British, wanting all the food that's on the table, learning the new words is about relationship. He wants to enter in to our experience. And God does that in Jesus. There's no other way for us to be in a true relationship with God except by receiving the message of Jesus at Christmas. And God says, I've entered your world, your existence, your experience. I've sent Jesus. Come and be reconciled. Come and see, veiled in flesh, God with us, Emmanuel. Amen.